familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. If your breasts are swollen, red, and tender, and you have a fever or feel like you've been run over by a truck, you may have a common infection called mastitis. What are the symptoms and how do you get rid of mastitis? Is it still safe to breastfeed? If it's not mastitis, then what is this painful lump? I'm Vicki Wolfram, IBCLC, owner and senior lactation consultant at Whole Life Home Care in San Diego. Today we're talking about how to recognize a breast infection and how to treat it. This is the Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk. What's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk never had to pump. Breast milk. All udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the Boob Group, because mothers know breasts. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. A special thanks to everyone who is listening to this episode on the Boob Group app. It's a great way to listen on the go. Visit our website at newmommymedia.com for more information. That's also where you can sign up for our newsletter and learn more about fun ways to get involved with our show. Now, Sunny is going to tell us more about our virtual panelist program. Okay. Hi, everybody. If you aren't here in beautiful San Diego where we record our episodes, we would still love for you to participate in the conversation. So I am on Facebook right now. I am on Twitter. And as we continue today's conversation, I am going to be posting some questions that we're talking about here in the studio. Uh, It's a great way for you guys to hop on either Facebook or Twitter, see what we're talking about, share your own experiences. And I usually post some stuff about a week before we record as well. So keep a lookout for that. Look for hashtag boob group. VP. VP stands for Virtual Panelists to participate in the conversation. Let's introduce some of the people that are with us here today. Uh, Vicki. Hello, my name is Vicki Larson. I'm 37. I believe that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am an esthetician and owner of a business. I have one boy. He's nine months and um, he is quite the... Uh, little white whale on the go (laughs) anyone's familiar with baby beluga (laughs) and we start singing yeah right (laughs) i remember that song oh yeah Yeah. and we're here also with vicky yeah i'm vicky wolfram and in addition to being an ibclc uh i am also a mother of five children and a grandmother of nine children and uh 
that's probably been, you know, more than 20 years since I've had mastitis, but you never forget it once you have it. <laughs> True. Um, definitely remember that. It's something that I deal with all the time. So with taking care of moms and feel really passionate about helping moms avoid. Yes, absolutely. And I'm Sunny, uh, so I'm producing today's show, and uh, I'm the mother of four children, um, all of which, I can still say this for like another month, all of which are ages four and under. (laughs) So pretty soon my four-year-old is going to turn five, and I'm not going to be able to say that. Um, But I breastfed all of them. Uh, My twins are really my success story. So I've got two older boys, um, a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and my twins are now about 18 months. But as far as breastfeeding is concerned. I had some trouble with um, both my boys. I didn't breastfeed them for as long as I wanted to. I was still able to do it without much complication, but my girls now are going on um, 19 months, um, and I'm still breastfeeding both of them. So they're my true success story. (laughs) Um, And I did have, um, it wasn't quite mastitis yet, and I'll share my story probably a little bit later in the show, but I did have some discomfort at one point, and whoo, you don't forget that. Mm -mm. (coughs) Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we get started with today's show, we are going to review a fun app that's actually really helpful for breastfeeding and pumping moms out there. And this just came out last month. It's called Mom's Pump Here. It's available on iTunes and Android, and it is free, which is part of the fun (laughs) that I have in finding these great apps that are free. So this was inspired by a breastfeeding and pumping mom that was having a hard time when she was out and about finding locations where she could feed her baby. It basically uses GPS technology to determine where you're at, and it pairs that with nearby spaces at businesses, different locations where you can feed your baby. And another great thing about this is users can also submit Uh, spaces or places that they have pumped or breastfed before. So if you're looking at your list and you're like, "Uh, I don't know, because a lot of the places right now, since this is such a brand new app, are kind of the the big spots, like the shopping malls you would think might have a location or an airport or something like that. But we know there's a lot of of good locations to do that. It's just informing other moms about these locations. So uh, you can submit your own spaces um, and it will have the availability too uh, if you want to comment on a space Um, how well it worked out for you, something that's already been listed. And they do have a group of people that are vetting these user-submitted sites. So if you submit something, it's not going to be posted right that second because people have to go in and and make sure that it's a location that's appropriate to share with everybody. Um, But yeah, it shows how many miles it it would take you to get to that location and um, some photos and stuff like this. So like I said, brand new app just came out, but I can really see the potential with this. So I wanted to talk to you ladies about 
about it. Is this something you would recommend perhaps to some of your clients? Is it something you would use personally? Uh, our panelists, Vicki, what do you what do you think? Uh, I, I think it's actually a really great idea. I wish I had something like that while I was breastfeeding because there were many times where I probably had to go to my car to pump um, if my child wasn't with me uh, or, you know, have to try to find a discreet location to to breastfeed. So definitely I think it is a excellent app and will help many moms that are in a pickle. Yeah. So um, our IBCLC is in the room. Is this something you would recommend to clients, Leilani? Yeah, actually, I think it's a great idea. Um, what better options um, are available for us out there? You know, a lot of moms feel like they're stuck at home and they can't get out because they don't want to breastfeed in public or they don't know how to pump in public. Or, I mean, I've seen moms pump while they're driving. So people are pretty desperate. They'll do whatever they can. So having that option and knowing where to go and, and even the directions, it's pretty cool. GPS, yay. What do you think, Becky? <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. Um, I, I do believe that the 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 you know it will really help to normalize breastfeeding and pumping. And you know the more uh, the more sites that there are available, um, it'll be a huge benefit to moms. Okay. Well, like I said, it's available on Android as well as iPhone and iPad. It is free, so we'll put a link on our website so you guys can check it out from there. Today on The Boob Group, we're launching a new series on the show focused on common breastfeeding challenges. Today, we're exploring mastitis with our expert, Vicki Wolfram, an IBCLC and owner of Whole Life Home Care in San Diego. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Vicki, what is mastitis and what are the symptoms? Well, mastitis is a medical terminology for a breast infection that occurs during breastfeeding. And there's three main causes of breast infections. Um, the first one underlies all mastitis, and that is sleep-deprived, immune-depleted, exhausted mothers. And when mothers are trying to do too much, and when they're not getting enough rest, and they're not eating enough healthy food, and they're not staying well hydrated, um, they, they're susceptible to developing a breast infection. Every day that your sweet little baby is on the breast sucking away, there is an entryway for pathogens, for bacteria. And really the most common uh, bacteria that cause mastitis are bacteria either on the mother's skin, the baby's skin, or the baby's mouth. And so they're pretty common bacteria, but when they're allowed to get into the breast, and especially when the mom's immune system is depleted and not able to fight off the infection, that's when it starts. Um, Contributing to that are two other uh, things that are pretty common in in you know in new moms, and that is cracked, damaged, abraded, sore nipples. Because of course, not only does that allow more entry of the bacteria into the breast, but it kind of creates a little collection pool where bacteria can kind of hide and congregate on the nipple, and so that. <laughs> have a party, yeah. Right. And so that, you know, when a mom is exhausted, as most moms are in the first couple weeks of, of breastfeeding a baby, and she has a crack or an opening on her nipple, that just gives the, the bacteria the opportunity to, to get into the, um, the breast and cause an infection. The other one is a plugged duct. 
And a plug duct simply means that um, somewhere along the pathway from the back of the breast where the milk making cells are to the nipple where the milk is expressed, that there's some type of a, a blockage. A lot of times this is due to the fact that maybe the breast didn't get emptied completely and some milk just sat in there and congealed. And once that milk sits in there and congeals, the milk behind it, um, you know, is creates a pool and that gives a, an opportunity if there's some bacteria that snuck into the breast, it gives an opportunity for um, the breast infection to start. Most moms' first symptom of a breast infection is um, a very painful, sore lump on their breast. Um, it can be scary because, you know, anytime there's a lump in the breast, we're nervous about it, even when breastfeeding, although they're pretty common during breastfeeding. Um, but the difference with this type of a, a, a lump is that the breast can become very red and hot to the touch and swollen and pretty quickly the mom herself starts to feel sick and she feels like she has a terrible flu. She feels achy, she feels chill, she feels fever and sometimes the fever can go up quite high. Sometimes you know 103 that type of thing and the breast is so painful the last thing the mom wants to think about doing is putting the baby to breast mm -hmm. but that's exactly what she needs to do. Right and it comes on pretty suddenly. It does come on pretty suddenly. Um, a lot of times, if, if you are in that situation, there's a variety of different natural things that you can try to ward off the, um, the, the breast infection. Uh, the other Vicki here, she was just saying how she was, managed, she was able to do that. Um, and usually if, you're, if you kind of nip it in the bud and your temperature goes down in the first 24 hours, um, you don't need to take any antibiotics. But if the breast infection persists and, you know, the fever continues into the second day, it's probably advisable for most women to take antibiotics, even though, you know, we, we don't want to um, put moms on antibiotics during breastfeeding if we don't have to. It's very important sometimes to get those antibiotics because we don't want an abscess to form. Um, and so is it still safe to breastfeed when you have mastitis? It is still safe. In fact, it's beneficial for your baby because... Um, First of all, if you if you had a breast infection and you didn't empty the breast, not only would it be harder to get rid of the infection, but the infection could get worse and could lead to an abscess. Um, the other thing is that when you're breastfeeding, again, it's quite commonly bacteria that's on the skin surface of the breast, and it can also be um, bacteria that was that was actually in the baby's mouth. Um, so this is not uh, some weird, strange, you know, pathogenic bacteria that comes from the outside in general. Um, it's it's something really common, and your body as you have this infection is making antibodies against that particular bacteria, those antibodies are going from the milk into the baby. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's your baby's best protection is to have uh, the mother's milk with the antibody component. Right, because the baby's already been exposed to that right. bacteria. So it right. starts working There right are away. times when moms 
either because they're afraid of the baby, you, you know, getting infected milk, it just gives them, you know, the creeps them out or they just don't like the idea or because their breast is so painful that to breastfeed the baby is more than they're willing to do. If that mom wants to continue breastfeeding, she still needs to empty that breast. So then she needs to pump that breast. And, um, you know, most uh, most of the time the pumping is still painful, but maybe not quite as much as a squirmy baby or a big baby that's, you know, all over the place. And Right, right. <laughs> popping off and on and doing those <laughs> cute little things that babies like to do. Right. Vicki, um, yes. have you ever been diagnosed with mastitis? Uh, I technically was not diagnosed with mastitis, but I did have, as the other Vicky was explaining, the early onsets of mastitis. So I started to feel very fluish and um, temperature started to go up. So I, you know, love Google. And I think that's all new moms really do is sit on their phone and Google that and Amazon Prime. And <laughs> yeah. so um, I... I looked and to try to see if there were some common remedies that I could do uh, to kind of thwart off any kind of infection. And so I did a couple of things. I did um, raw garlic and OJ every 30 minutes pretty much for eight hours. And the, the fever ne- never really went up past 99.9 and it went down and the fluish like symptoms subsided. So I don't believe I had full-blown mastitis and I never had to get on antibiotics thankfully but if it had progressed I would have gotten on but I figured you know this is a pretty easy and harmless option to try before I had to do the antibiotic route what what besides the fever what other symptoms did you experience um well I woke up from a nap and that it was just it was hot it was painful it was in my left breast which my son was having a hard time because he had torticollis, which is a kink in the neck. Um, so he had a hard time draining it. And as Vicki was saying, you know, I didn't have much sleep. So I wasn't pumping as much as I probably should have been in addition to breastfeeding him. And so I, I believe that lack of sleep and lack of pumping and it just not getting drained led to, to that. So... In hindsight, probably should have pumped a little bit more, but I was just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you jumped on it right away, which is great. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes. Well, and actually, you might have, you know, inadvertently done the right thing because um, I think that's one of the areas where we tend to get into trouble sometimes is with pumping. Okay. You know, so many new moms are already you know, worrying from day one, knowing they have to go back to work, worrying about their milk supply. Correct. Yes, you know, definitely. I mean, Mother Nature had this perfect plan, and that was the baby came out, went to the breast, stayed attached to the mother in proximity to the breast 24 hours a day for, you know, the first six months to a year, mm-hmm. and just breastfed liberally all the time. And, you know, if all of us could do that, right, it would be, um, it would be one thing. But since, you know, modern women have to try to juggle so many different things, a lot of times people are pumping in that first month or two or three of life when um, it it can sometimes kind of create that issue of an irregular or an overly large supply that the baby can't really empty the breast necessarily all the time or leave the breast partially full. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, pumping can actually 
um, contribute to mastitis. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't think I ever had an oversupply. No, no. <laughs> she was working on keeping her supply. Oh, yeah. The, just yeah. the little supply I had before mm-hmm. the lump, yeah. I was definitely yeah, fighting. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because he had a lip and a tongue tie. Oh, and my so, goodness. And torticollis. And torticollis mm-hmm. and a 60-hour labor. So I, we were starting out real great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're exactly right. The torticollis, you know, that just means that the, the baby in his – with you know, when the baby's head down in position to come out, if he's kind of, you know, tilted a little to the left or a little to the right, there may be a number of weeks that the baby is um, in the same position and the muscles on the side of the baby's neck tighten up. And so when you put your baby down, if your baby always looks to the left or always looks to the right, you can start to be a little bit suspicious that that might be the case with your baby you'll also know that the baby prefers one breast and prefers one position and if this is the case sometimes you do have to be quite creative about getting the baby to to empty both breasts to drain both breasts and sounds like you were well aware of that so that's great I was and I think I was that day that I got the uh, massive lemon size lump Um, I remember specifically he went to the right and I was so exhausted because he was a slow eater. Oh, my gosh. This guy took forever. And so I was like, eh, we'll just leave the left. And I took a nap and then woke up. And So I didn't even let him because the left was so difficult to get him to latch on and stay latched and not be painful anyways. That was my, my problem breast for right. sure. Right. And so this proves our point how quickly it can come on. Oh, I mean, literally yeah. in an hour or yeah. two of a nap. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you're kind of like the perfect guest to have because you've had like a little bit of everything that contributes to mastitis. And that's another thing is when baby has a lip and or lip and or tongue tie, those babies have a hard time emptying the breast. They sometimes are very, very slow eaters. And, um, you know, just the way their mouth is on the nipple tends to cause nipple damage. And oh, yeah, that, that contributes to it. Um, so that makes it, you know, that that's one of those little late on side effects. Sometimes babies with, with ties that don't get addressed just because the baby is getting enough milk and the baby um, is doing okay. Sometimes later on, those moms really are predisposed to getting mastitis and recurrent mastitis. So you... You're kind of our poster child. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Lucky you. I know, right? Yay. Uh, Vicki, were you still able to breastfeed after? I did. I could still breastfeed. Um, I only breastfed until three months, partly because I had to go back to work. And to keep up my supply, since my supply was so low to begin with, um, I had to pretty much pump the entire time I was at work, which why be at work if I'm going to pump most of the time? So we just we just completely but stopped dur- during the infection. Yes, that I you... definitely was. It, it was encouraged. And so but you I, also noticed a drop in your supply, right? I remember you. Mentioned yeah, that. definitely drop in my supply. But only I think because the um, the lump was so big. I think it just clogged. A lot of ducks were just clogged. They're having a party in there, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't feel like it, but yeah. <laughs> 
Sunny, did you experience any of these things? So it wasn't diagnosed as mastitis, but the onset, some of the symptoms that you guys were talking about, it's exactly what I experienced. It happened so quickly. I mean, literally, I, I felt like in a matter of 30 minutes or so, I went from being fine to feeling all those flu symptoms. I had red streaking on my breast. I think it was my my right breast. Um, um, but I had all the red streaking, and I called a friend of mine who was a lactation consultant, and I said, what is going on? Because I just, I really never had any major problems um, with breastfeeding before. So this was new to me, even though it was with the twins and I had breastfed my boys prior. But this was the first kind of big thing that happened. Um, I just felt very weak and exhausted, and um, there was a vitamin that was recommended to me. Vitamin D3. Vitamin D3. So my husband ran out and got some vitamin D3. Um, I never had to get any more medication past that. Probably within um, a few hours, I was starting to feel a little bit better, um, but still, I was kind of bedridden for most of that day, and uh, the next day, it, it just slowly started to taper off. Um, I continued to breastfeed my girls throughout the process, and oh my gosh, it was just one of the most painful things. Forget biting, you know, kids biting nipples. I mean, this was just so painful, but, it, you know, I was advised to keep breastfeeding through it, and, and that's what I did. And and rest was a good thing, Rest. Right? I mean, that was really hard to do with four kids in the house, right. but I basically said to my husband, I have to deal with this. If you want your children to be fed, let me deal with this. You take care of them right now. It's good to have the right support, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when we come back, we're going to learn more about galactoseals and other infections and then learn whether or not it is safe still to breastfeed while going through it. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. We're learning all about mastitis and other breast infections with Vicki Wolfram. Vicki, what is a galactoseal? A galactoseal is a f- milk-filled cyst that occurs in uh, a breast of a woman who's lactating. Um, it usually uh, occurs, uh, or quite commonly occurs when someone is either weaning or for some reason they're not able to breastfeed and they have a period of time that... Um, you know, their breasts aren't emptied. When the breasts aren't emptied, many times the the milk will get, will clog up the tubing. And when the tubing gets clogged up and the milk doesn't come out, a lot of times behind uh, that clog, there forms a little pool of, of milk. And that's what a galactoseal is. Galactoseals are actually not that common. Um, and when you're talking about mastitis, the more common thing that happens is that uh, the mother actually forms the same type of a scenario, but it's it's an infected milk, so it's an abscess. Um, and so that's something that causes a great deal of pain and misery for moms who progress from mastitis to, to an abscess. If it um, is just, as in the case with Vicki, she had the beginning symptoms of mastitis, Um, but was able to work through them with some of her natural remedies. And um, it didn't turn into a full-blown mastitis or an abscess, but she did have 
uh, an area in her breast that was filling up with with milk and right. was ultrasoundable. And right. Because <laughs> right. that would happen. Yeah. So I it wasn't going away after a couple of weeks. I believe Leilani, you came over. We even took my Sonicare toothbrush to kind of we tried. break it up. Yeah. Um, and it was really painful to get him to latch on. But probably after week two, the pain subsided, but the mass was still there. And so I, what prompted me to get an ultrasound, honestly, was I was watching the news and one of my old clients was actually on the news because she had been breastfeeding and found what she thought was mastitis in a lump, went in to um, get antibiotics, and then um, found out it was breast cancer. And it was October. So I'm like, I started kind of to freak out a little bit because I thought, well, why is this thing not gone? It's so huge. Um, so I, that's when I kind of requested to get an ultrasound to double check to make sure it wasn't anything besides what they were kind of telling me what it is. So thankfully, it was not uh, any kind of tumor like breast cancer, um, but they diagnosed it as a galactosil. So the pain went away, but the lump was still there and it, it wasn't really going down, even with all the things I was doing to try to get it to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you end up using that helped? Um, I found, again, Google, my friend, um, came across a homeopathic website and uh, silica, they're cell salts. Um, it's just a mineral. And they suggested to take, um, I think it's four little pills. They just dissolve under the tongue. And I took it about five to seven times a day for for a while. And by probably by week four, the end of week four, it started to break up. And it was starting to get smaller. So I continued. And then probably by week six after, you know, so now I'm in my eighth week, I think, total um, from when he was born. And it 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 was gone. And even though I was still breastfeeding. So oh, good. Good. Right. And did you use like in anything else like uh, vibration or, I or did massage some... or extra pumping or anything like that on top of the silica? Or was it just the silica that you felt like? It was, I did everything, Mm -hmm. everything that I could. I mean, I went and got lymphatic drainage massage. I went and had ultrasound, like therapeutic ultrasound. Um, I had acupuncture, um, pretty much everything. So who knows? I mean, it could have been a combination of all of those things. And, but, you know, the silica, again, it wasn't anything that I knew that would hurt him or myself. So I just figured I'd try it because I did, I couldn't imagine having that (laughs) lump in there for the remaining time of breastfeeding, it just, it was just annoying. It just got to be annoying after a while. And and did your baby prefer the other side or were they, was he okay to still breastfeed on that infected? He was, he was okay. Yeah. He still had no, I mean, just our normal latching on issues, you know, it was always such a, uh, challenge, right. Just (laughs) challenge and an ordeal. (laughs) So Besides that, I mean, he was fine. And he was working through, we were getting him cranial sacral for the torticollis. So, and he had a really high palate. So he wasn't, couldn't feel the nipple. And uh, it's just a lovely time. (laughs) (laughs) Well-experienced mama. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Vicki, what is MRSA? It's a type of infection. Is that correct? Right. Well, MRSA is methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. So the most common uh 
bacteria that causes breast infections are Staph aureus. Staph aureus is a, a common skin bacteria. Um, there's Staph epidermis and Staph aureus are the two staphs that live on most people's skin. Um, because, you know, in, in the past years, so many people have been given antibiotics, in particular um, antibiotics in the penicillin family, ampicillin family, amoxicillin family. Um, Staph aureus has developed a resistance uh, in some cases. And so this bacteria is particularly hard to get rid of. Um, it started out as a pathogen that was only in hospitals, um, but because it became so widespread, there's now both hospital-acquired and community-acquired MRSA. And it's, it's just that one step um, above the other types of bacteria because there's a lot of antibiotics that um, it just snubs its nose at, basically. And so when moms have this type of breast infection, uh, not only is it a little bit more difficult to treat because the first uh, line of defense for uh, breast infections when they do give an antibiotic is they usually use dicloxacillin. Um, but it, it is probably one of the more common pathogens that, that helps a bacteria or helps the, the breast infection turn into an abscess which is a more serious uh, infection in the breast. And it's, it's generally, it's similar to the galactosile in that it's a, a, a cystic-like mass in the breast that's very painful, but it's rather than being filled with just milk, it's filled with pus. Mm -hmm. Right. And so definitely not something you want to have when you're breastfeeding. Now, in MRSA, it, it, is it contagious? Should they worry about breastfeeding their baby? It, it's very contagious, but they don't really have to worry about breastfeeding their baby because the baby has already been exposed to it. Because more than likely, um, if the MRSA is, is at the point where it's causing a breast infection, it's been on the skin of the breast and the baby has already been ingesting it, um, touching it rubbing his face in it, etc. And the best protection that the baby has to fight it is to get the mother's breast milk that has antibodies against MRSA. So once again, even though it, it seems to some moms just to be kind of a horrifying idea that they would breastfeed their baby, it's actually the best, the best thing for the baby. It's actually more detrimental if they don't because then the baby will get sick or can get some MRSA infection. It's it's possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you so much Vicki and Vicki <laughs> <laughs> for sharing this invaluable information about how to recognize a breast infection like mastitis and uh, galactoseals and how you can still protect your breastfeeding relationship with your baby. And for our boob group club members our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Vicki will discuss how you can treat mastitis and galactoseals with natural remedies so that you can avoid using antibiotics. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, Boob Group, we have a special segment right now. This is called Mama Hacks, and it's a new segment on the show, and it's where you guys share your favorite breastfeeding and pumping hacks, anything that makes your life a little bit more simple when you're feeding your babies. And this tip comes from Diane. Diane wrote to us on her Facebook page. She said, something I learned from the La Leche League forums. While pumping three times a day at work, I save time by sticking my milky pump parts in an opaque bag and into the fridge with my pumped milk and only washing them at night at home. Such a time saver. And yeah, Diane, I actually did a little bit of research about this. And we already know that breast milk has amazing, wonderful antibacterial properties. And really, most people say, you know, you're not going to see any kind of significant bacterial growth after almost a full day at room temperature. But I get it. You're at work. You're probably not just going to leave something out in the open for everyone to see, right? So, so smart. An opaque bag. No one can see anything. Go ahead and put it in there with your other milk. And, uh, you know, if you really want to wipe it off with a towel or something like that really quick, I'm sure you can. But if you don't have a fridge, you could use some sort of cooler pack, something like that. Huge, huge time saver. So Diane, thank you so much for submitting your pumping hack to us. And for doing so, you're going to get a one month free subscription to the Boob Group Club. So I'll be reaching out to you about that. If you mamas out there have a breastfeeding hack or a pumping hack, some sort of information you just want to get out there to other mamas please let us know you can send us an email through our website and you can also call our voicemail at 619-866-4775 and we'll try to use your hack in an upcoming episode thanks so much that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you listening to the boob group don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents with Multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.